Welcome to the Fuse Cup Meet the Coach podcast, an opportunity to get to know the coaches and hear from those working in esports in education. Welcome to episode five of Meet the Coach podcast for the Fuse Cup. Thank you so much for all your feedback um, and all your well wishes. We really love making this podcast, so it's great to hear that so many people are enjoying it. We are in for a treat today with our next conversation. Our guest for today is a super passionate educator from the Western Academy of Beijing. I've been really lucky over the last six or seven months in getting to know our next guest. We've had multiple conversations around esports, and one of the things that I always walk away from these conversations is just how passionate and enthusiastic he is, and that shines through in today's podcast. He's got a wealth and knowledge working in esports and education, and I was honoured to have him on the podcast today. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Isaac Pena. Mr. Isaac Pena, welcome to Meet the Coach podcast. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast. How are you doing? Great, man. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, look, I've always enjoyed our conversations, so I know this is going to be no different, mate. So, look, I can see you're representing the Web Tigers there. You've got all your gear on. Fantastic. Every single day, Web Tigers. Yeah, man. Yeah, very, very proud <laughs> and passionate people at Web, absolutely. Hey, look, you know, you and I have had a few chats before. They've always been very, very cool and very positive. Um, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself? Myself? Well, my name is Isaac. I go as Isaac. My name, my name in Spanish is pronounced Isaac. But I find that Isaac is a little bit easier for everyone. <laughs> so Isaac Pena. I'm from Costa Rica. I moved to China 14 years ago, a long time ago. And right now I'm here at the Western Academy of Beijing. And I'm in charge of the esports. I'm the esports person at WAP. So, yeah, we've got a team of people that they're always there helping us out and we want to bring esports to, this, to the students. Yeah. And you were telling me before that um, originally you were there as a, as a football coach. Yes, exactly. My background is in football, actually. I did practice traditional sports since I was a kid. And at home, everyone is just crazy into sports. Uh, my older brother did basketball. My younger brother did boxing. And I decided to go for football or soccer for all our American American friends. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I did I did football since I was a kid. Then after that, I decided to become a football coach. And I came to the Western Academy of Beijing the first time as a football coach in 2014. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and then you've uh, you've moved into uh, to design, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Yes, exactly. I moved into design. I moved into education because I found that my passion was just to work with the students. Uh, education is actually what drives me. And then when I was choosing, then I was like, well, design seems to be a very 360 degree subject where yeah. I can use my expertise, everything that I've done in life and help the students just to learn a lot more about the subject. So yeah, so yeah cool. chose design because of that. Yeah. And as you said, so many, you know, links and applications to all kinds of things in life. So very, very cool subject. Absolutely. What about gaming? What's been your history with gaming? I know in our previous chats, you've, you've had a bit of a, quite a bit of experience, actually. Yeah, no, well, I've been blessed. I've been blessed down over here in China. When I came here, I was 19 years old. Uh, I did my degree here in China. Then at the same time, I started working on television. So I did, have, I did have a TV career from 2011 all the way until 2018 that I decided just to put that on, on hold. Um, I did TV, and then after that, I became a host. 
So I was hosting activities all the time. I've hosted a lot of different activities. And one day I remember a friend of mine told me like, you know, they need this, they need a host for this international activity. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. What is it about? And he said, it's about esports. I was like, uh, about what? <laughs> like, yeah, about, about esports. It's about gaming. And I'm like, all right, yeah, why not? What, what, what game is it? And they, they, they told me the name of the game. It's a Chinese game. It's a Chinese mobile, MOBA. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, I played that game. So I had started playing the game a couple months before. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go, let's go and get into that. Since the day that I started hosting that activity until right now, my life just completely changed. It was, it was such a great experience. It was so incredible how to see people so invested, mm-hmm. so passionate about it that I decided, well, I want to feel like that too. So I decided just to move into esports. That was in 2018. Yeah, in 2018. And then after that, it's been three years of craziness. I've been really, really, really lucky to go around not only China, but around Asia hosting activities. Um, in 2018, I got to host the 2018 Asian Games esports oh, wow. demonstration event. Yeah. And then in 2019, I got to I got to host the Worlds for Honor of Kings, which is a Chinese MOBA game from Tencent. Aye. And yeah, we do a lot of documentaries about different esports, not only mobile but PC games. So mm. that's normally what that what I do in terms of gaming and in terms of esports. Not the actual gamer that everyone yeah. would expect. <laughs> I I sadly just skipped that part. And move more into into the stage, moving to hosting and creating the activities and hosting the tournaments and coaching right now. So yeah, yeah, that's that's been a crazy ride. Yeah, yeah, it sounds I've it. Been, that I've been in. Yeah, it sounds like you got bitten by the bug early and you you saw the passion. And you're like, yeah, I want some of that. It's so cool. Yes, of course. I like it's just it's just incredible. It's just incredible that for those who have never ever seen an live esports event they they just don't know what i'm talking about it's just really different i've been to the football world cup like i've been there yeah. with thousands of people watching 22 men just chasing after a football and right now i was in front of thousands of people watching 10 young boys playing computer games and it was the exact same feeling the exact same passion it was it it was incredible. It's one of those experiences that changed your life for sure. Yeah, it's so true. And it's often one of the ones that we tell teachers or leaders who are maybe on the fence and not sure. We say, hey, just come yeah. to an event. And once they see it, the, the penny drops. I go, whoa, okay, there's a lot of similarities. I see the value in it. Um, they see how it can, you know, help kids in lots of different areas of schooling and their social aspects. And that kind of leads me into what I wanted to talk to you about, you know. It sounds all of the conversations around esports and education at WAB, in my experience, have been super positive. You know, um, how has that been? Like when you when you started those conversations, like were they right on board at the beginning? Were there some things that you needed to kind of get over the line to help them kind of understand the value and the, and the importance? The Western Academy of Beijing has always been uh, really really looking forward to be one step ahead. Of what's of what's going to happen, what is education, 
Uh, we are lo always looking for innovation. We're always mm -hmm. looking for what are new ways that we can approach education and how we can actually impact positively on the students. So on 2019, at the beginning of 2020, uh, I talked to Mr. Halpin. Martin Halpin is our director of athletics and arts. So I talked to Mr. Halpin and I told him, well, based on my experience, esports is a very big industry. And what about if we start by creating an after-school activity where I'm going to share a little bit about my experience with the students and then we can, we can play the game at the same time. And I remember since day one, Mr. Halpin was like, let's go for it. Yeah, I've yeah. been really looking forward for that, but we're just look, trying to find the right person. And since you're doing that, what about if we go with you? So Mr. Halpin, since day one, has been in it, totally 100% support. Imagine that we, ha we have nothing. And I, and I believe that that's where a lot of schools are in right now. You start and you're like, okay, esports. Well, let's, well done, let's go, let's do this. And they're like, but how do I start? Yeah. What do I need? Um, uh, Who's gonna run it? You don't know. Who's gonna run it? And yeah. and and that a lot of times it's a it's a very big challenge. That you need to understand that if you're gonna jump into esports, you're jumping with thousands. I would even dare to say millions of people just into a very dark forest where <laughs> everyone's just trying to find the right path. Everyone has experience. Everyone knows about gaming. But right now that when we talk about esports and education, everyone's just through that forest, helping each other out into, mm. okay, what do you think is the best way? What do you think, what ideas do you have? And then we're just trying to go through it together because we know that at the end of that forest is a great value for the students. Yeah, and often it's that sharing of, hey, look, this works in my setting. Maybe you could try it in yours. Um, yes. Yeah, there's a really nice community of educators who are really willing to share and you know, share things that work and share things that don't work. And and always with the grain of salt, well, this works for us. It may not work for you, which is something that I found very useful and and very common amongst all our coaches. Absolutely. No, um, I, I agree. I agree totally then because here here at WAB, we've got a team of people that works on that. If it'd be only myself, I wouldn't be that confident about just say like, oh yeah, let's go with it. Uh, we've got, we've got, main management in here we've got mr halpin we've got mm. stephen taylor who is our director of innovation and learning and teaching and we've got mr when we have mr taylor we've got mr halpin we've got our our director dr marta medved like that is completely in there with us yeah wow. we have the head of the school coming to me and being like when are you guys playing and i'm like ah <laughs> whenever that you want us to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good that you got the support of, you know, high executive leadership who see, A, our students are passionate about this. Um, you know, they're super interested. It's something that we can use to engage and motivate our kids. And it's something that is a grow, as you said earlier, a huge growing industry that a lot of your kids are potentially interested in, whether it's through a gaming perspective or a management or a leadership perspective. It's huge. There are so many opportunities. So it's so cool to to see and not surprising to see that the executive and the leadership at, at WAB um, totally get it. I'm, I'm, we're very lucky. We're very, very, very yeah. lucky. I just completely recommend everyone just to try to give it a, give it a try. Just give it a try and then you'll see that it's going to pay. Mm. And, you know, the other thing that we often find with our teachers as well is we have teachers like yourself who are 
passionate experience know a lot about it but then on the you know conversely we have other teachers who aren't really sure they've never really played games but they see the value and they're really good at helping students kind of manage expectations or behavior so they they understand i may not understand the concept or or what you're doing in terms of the game but i can see this has a lot of potential for education so we have a real gamut of um teachers with a different range of experiences and same with leadership some leadership are totally on board and others that are a bit tentative but once they start and, you know, they, they work through that kind of safe, secured, whether it's online, our competitions or the live ones, they the penny drops at different times. But your kids, you know, the thing I've loved about jumping on the team's calls with your kids is they're super passionate. You know, you can see they're right <laughs> into it. They wear their, ta- their Tigers gear with pride. I mean, what was it like when you told them, hey, listen, you're going to be part of an international esports competition this year? Wow. So you see. When everything started, everything was just like an ASA. It was an after-school activity. So it was like, all right, yeah, let's go and play. So it was a little bit more on the gaming end of it. And then when we found the Fuse Cup and we were like, all right, it, this seems to be like a great platform where we can take our students mm. and actually learn about competitive gaming, right? So, so, I, so I decided, okay, let's give it a try. We signed up. And then when the kids came on day one, everybody's like, yeah, let's go. Let's play Mario Kart. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, guys, but you know that we're competing in two months, right? And everyone was like, what, what do you mean about <laughs> com- competing? Wasn't this just like Mario Kart with friends? And I'm like, yeah, it's Mario Kart with friends, <laughs> but we're competing at the end. They were like, ah, it got so real for them in, in, in a second because... Everyone is used to just being at home and then Mm. you just call some friends in and then you're like, hey, do you want to play? Yeah, why not? And then you just play. But when we start seeing this as what it has become, a competitive sport, then it is a completely different approach. Mm. It needs to be a positive approach. You need to be able to see this with the same attitude as if it would be a football team or if it would be a basketball team. As if you need to you need to practice for this. So that is what I believe that the students were not expecting. They were not expecting yeah. to have to really analyze and really to understand the game in a deeper level, mm. to really think about strategies and about a team. And at the beginning, they were hesitant. Like I, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. At the beginning, yeah. a lot of people were like, "Well, I don't know if this is what I want." which is totally fair yeah a lot of people they just want to game with friends but for those who actually thought like well let's give it a try those kids are signing up for a second tournament coming coming next month Mm. they are signing again because they found that it was such a rich experience it was just not an individual experience where they just come and they just play and they just try to be better but it became a team it united them into okay we represent the school in something that i love yeah yeah so a lot of the students were super 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 happy when we came to the tournament and at the end of the tournament a lot of them were super 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 sad that we didn't make it to the (laughs) final so that roller coaster of of emotions of being excited and then just being disappointed and then just reflecting and being like i think we can do better next time isn't that what we're always looking for students when they're in school? Yep. It's the kind of experience that we want from them when they when they participate in a football team or they go to basketball season. We want them to have that 
those emotions to actually put themselves out there to mm. make that step forward and to build a community and to learn and to be and to experience and us during the fuse cup our first our first season there we had the whole the whole package yeah yeah total total experience that's so cool and you're right it's that whole you know there's nothing wrong with social gaming it's it's that's what some kids love they just want to play with their friends they want to chat they want to get to know each other a bit better have a bit of banter other kids want to take it a bit further and and they want to you know as you said evaluate and and reflect and improve um so it's good that in an after school activity you can cater for both you can cater for hey those you know you, you want to try out you want to have a bit of a play that's cool you guys want to compete that's awesome what about um have there been any misconceptions like with parents around esports or maybe some staff who maybe not you know didn't quite understand it like has that been something you've been having conversations about you see i think that when people is skeptical about gaming it's because of that because of the misconceptions mm. it's because about the ideas of like okay sometimes we evaluate this with the same ideas that we had 30 years ago when we were gaming yeah. uh, with the same ideas when when you didn't have the internet and everything that you could think about was like okay me playing with my super nintendo or playing with my playstation one at home and not doing homework and then just being on my own at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning and, and everyone just remembers that the esports industry has changed so much in the last 20 years in the last 10 years in the last five years it is a constant evolve evolution of what the industry and what gaming is so misconceptions are going to be there they will always be there it's going to be impossible for us to erase those mis misconceptions but at the same time we need to understand that we need to either address the issue or hide from the issue if we hide from the issue the issue still is still going to be there mm. but if we address it and we, and we and we actually discuss and we have conversations about it maybe we can come to a common ground where i can share my knowledge you can share your your concerns, and then we can try to shed some light on top of everything. Yeah. Misconceptions will be there, man. Like it, it, it is what it is. I've seen people that say like, I don't want my kids to play football because at the end of the day, they're going to hurt their knees, or my kids are going to get hurt, or I want them to study more, but they spend so much time on the soccer field that they are not actually doing their homework. It happens with everything, mm. not only with esports, not only with gaming, but with everything it's just part of our human nature yeah i think you're right i think you know everyone goes back to their own experience of that and if you're an adult who maybe hasn't continued to play maybe you played when you're a little kid the gaming back then was very different to now and there's a lot yeah. of misconceptions around oh you're online who you're talking to you're going to get bullied and what they don't kind of understand is well you know in competitions like the fuse cup it's highly structured it's supervised it's timed. Kids can't play for you know all day. It's 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 changing that misconception and through education, um, it's an important part of it. But yeah, you're right. It's always going to be there and until until people see or or are told otherwise or, or feel comfortable, it's one of those things that because it's new for a lot of schools and of a lot of parents, it's going to be there. Yeah. You see, um, that, and I think that you hit a, you hit the nail on the head when you said education. It must come from us as mm. educators as parents, as grown-ups, to educate our children yeah. to, okay, what is positive gaming? And our what parents. Is, what, 
what is the, what is the right way? What is the yeah. right way to do this? Right? It's not it's not about saying it's bad. It's about like understanding what is bad about it or mm. what could make it bad. Yeah. If you reflect on it and you actually think about it, then you're you're doing what schools are supposed to be doing, which is teaching our students how to think for themselves, to actually be analytic, and then just to be actually to be reflective and to create that all-round student that we, we that we all want, right? Just a person who can make right decisions based on right information. So when we think about misconceptions, we cannot just think about like, okay, gaming is bad. Gaming is bad. What makes gaming bad? So how, how can we prevent gaming from mm. turning into a bad experience? It's true. Sometimes a lot of things from gaming could turn into a negative side. Yep. So us as educators, how can we teach our students? All right, whenever that you feel like you're making that right turn, what about if you just come this way a little bit more and then we just stop with that because it could end up being like this. Yeah, yeah. And our kids, they're, they're made, they are programmed to learn. They want to learn. And when you talk to them and you have, and you build that relation with them, when you actually get them to listen to you and you get to listen to them and you can have a real conversation, that relation just creates that the students are going to be like, all right, I want to learn about this. Yeah, but yeah. For that, you need to have a relation with them. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what we're finding, you know, there's common ground with either the coaches and the students because they're, they're participating generally in things that they both really love. And they're like, ah, yes. okay, I can see you're good at that too. I didn't know that about you. And, and all of a sudden that relationship's, you know, stronger and you can kind of find those moments as you said, hey, listen, you know, you know, when that happened, it's probably not the best way to go about it. Yes. That's so much more powerful than a lesson at the start of the year to everyone who's, you know, they're all over the place. They may not be listening. They may not be, it's not relevant. Whereas you've got the kids doing the thing they love and that's where you can really help guide them and and, and work them through that. You know, the other thing you said is, is great. Like the whole purpose of school is to prepare students for the world that exists and now esports and gaming is part of their world it's um, not the future man it's the present i'm so sorry yeah. when people tell me like oh yeah esports is going to be the future sports i'm like uh, it is kind of happening already for five yeah, years so, so. so it's better to equip the students now and teach them mm -hmm. how to do it sensibly and responsibly that's the whole premise of what we do so that's so cool what do you think are some of the other benefits you've seen in at web through the introduction of, of esports well when, when I started analyzing the students that they're coming for our esports projects and for our esports classes, then at the beginning I was I was a little bit um, I was a little bit scared. I'm just I'm just gonna say it and put it out there. I was a little bit scared that we we're gonna get kids that they were going to do only gaming. Nah, yeah, yeah. We were we were very concerned about like. What if the kids that they come here, they do only gaming and then gaming becomes 100% of what they do. Mm. And we just realized that a lot of the kids that came for gaming, they do swimming, they do soccer, and they do basketball, yeah, yeah. They practice other instruments, they learn, they, they learn things. And they, on top of all that, they come for gaming. So I was like, all right, so it seems like the student that is coming to our to our sessions right now it's already a student that has gaming as a normal part of their lives yeah that's so cool so when i so when i when i started analyzing about the students and i said like okay so how are they going to behave during during the during the class 
At the beginning, and this is just part of my experience for everyone who's thinking about just creating an, an esports class, at the beginning, it's messy. It is <laughs> so loud. It's incredible. You need yeah. to chase kids around and be like, okay, guys, we need to put our consoles down right now because we mm. need to start. Everyone is so excited about it. And it's beautiful to see. We live sometimes in a world where, where kids are just so used to new things that they get that it's rare to see them that excited about something mm. and so something so basic. So when you have a classroom filled with 25 grade six, seven, and eight that I have, and you have all of them and going around with their Nintendo switches and just going around and with their phones and just be like, oh look, I, I beat you, and I'm like class will start in five minutes guys please calm down <laughs> it is it is it is so beautiful to see because when you see it in retrospective like this these are the memories that they're going to have from their life from the from their school life yeah, yeah. and it is it is our responsibility just to to help them build those memories in a safe uh, in a safe and uh, nice environment mm. and through the esports classes we've seen kids uh, opening up more to 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 others not only yeah, yeah. to their peers but to others to other teachers as well uh, we've seen kids that they that they find difficult to socialize just to really build into that we are a team culture oh, yeah, imagine yeah. that for the for the first season that we did that we did honor of kings we built teams because we had too many students so we said all right Every, you make groups of six, you're going to have your team name, you're going to have your culture, you're going to have your names, you're going to have everything, you're going to change your ID to the name of your of your team and your own nickname. Plan, yeah. So we, we created the whole eSports experience. And by the end of the season, two or three of the kids decided that they couldn't come anymore for the next season. And when they wrote the reflection, I saw how they really made that connection to BGs are is the best team or HC is the best team. And these are my these are the best teammates I've had in my life. And it was so great to be part of a team. One of the kids reflected on I was used to being really good and just caring about being really good myself. But after being part of the team, I understood that. You cannot win if your teammates are not as good as you. So he understood about helping other people to become Lifting better. Lifting them up, yeah. Lifting them, building your team up. If you build your partner up, then your team is going to do better. So imagine that kids are analyzing all this, all these mm -hmm. processes going there through gaming. It is, it is the same process that you would have through football, through basketball, through baseball through rugby and it's happening through gaming because we're creating a platform. We're creating a world that allows them to really think about it. If we would be from the, from day one, you know, gaming is just for fun. They might not think about it, mm. but when you start creating a place, an environment where they need to analyze, all right, it's not only about myself, but it's about the community. They start learning other things that, for me, are core, vital 
critical values. Yeah, life lifelong skills, right? Of yeah. Course. And it's so cool, as you said, you know, like you're 100% right. When you go into it, it's, it can be very unknown. So thank you for being honest about, you know, you're worried about, you know, we're going to get kids who are only gaming. And it's so cool to see that, you know, at WAB, you've got kids that are doing a lot, a lot of other subjects and activities as well, because sometimes there's a bit of a misconception that the only types of kids who want to get involved are kids who don't fit the norm or kids who, you know, are socially a little bit awkward or, or and that, that can be the case, but it can also be the case that some of the kids who are right into, you know, music or different sports or, you know, theatrical endeavors, they can love gaming too. So, and sometimes as what I'm hearing is sometimes it, it's a great opportunity to bring kids together who probably wouldn't mesh or gel together anyway, naturally, yes. because their differences, you know, they, they think they're so different to each other, but they find, oh, actually we have this in common and it's great to build community around what you have in common. So that's, that's awesome. Hey, um, you know, you spoke about a little bit of some of the 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 challenges, and you know, you're right. It's not all rosy. It's not all it's not all easy. What what have been some of the other challenges you've had, and what's what's some of the advice you might give other teachers or schools looking at getting involved? Esports is always changing. It's always evolving. What you thought that it was going to be, okay, this is going to be how this is going to be how the program is going to look like in five years. After a whole year of doing this, you're going to realize, yeah, I think we need to go back to, to the plan board. <laughs> um, and then you just keep moving. Everything changes so quickly. So that's one of the things that for me has been a challenge because as a teacher, you've got responsibilities of your daily teaching job. Like you need to grade papers, you need to assess students, you need to communicate with parents, you need to communicate with other teachers. And on top of all this, you're trying to build an e-sport program for something that 20 years ago did not exist. Mm -hmm. So you need to find a lot of resources that they're just like, okay, raw materials. They're just theory. And then you need to try to apply the theory and then just put it in practice and be like, all right, is this working? Yes or no. The biggest challenge in here is, are you willing to see this as a lab, as a laboratory experience? Yeah. yeah. As, in, as in, okay, today I'm going to try this. I'm going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of this. I'm going to put it together and it's going to explode on my face. <laughs> and things are going to explode on your face a lot. Believe me, it is going to happen. But after it explodes on your face, what's going to be your attitude? Are you going to be like, uh, it exploded on my face. Uh, I'm not doing this anymore. Or are you going to be like, hmm, it didn't explode as bad as last week. So probably this path is the right one. Let's try it again. Mm. You, need, you need to have that. Man. Like The challenge here is that there is no recipe. There is no yeah. one, two, three, four, do this, do this, do this, and you'll be successful. No, the only thing that we can do is to take that experience from the community, from the other coaches, to listen to this kind of podcast, mm. and then to find that sense of I'm not alone, and I'm going to take the ideas that they, that they talked about. All right, I listened about this idea. What about if I try it? Uh, I heard about this game. What about if I try it? Uh, I heard that right now everyone is moving into this console. Well, let's give it a try. It's about wanting to try. Mm. Because if you don't want to try, you're going to find that this is going to be very difficult if you're not always changing. You need to evolve and evolve and evolve and evolve and just keep reading and keep, keep practicing and to have a passion for this. If you yeah. have the passion, not knowing, 
is not going to be a problem. It is never a problem not knowing. You just need to be passionate about it. And finding that passion, it needs to come from, from, from within you. Yeah, it's so, such good advice, you know. And, and as you said, sometimes training sessions will go smoothly. Sometimes, sometimes. they won't. Sometimes, you know. <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, it just doesn't. But that, I guess that's, that's the beauty of education, right? Sometimes your lessons go perfectly. Sometimes a perfectly planned unit of work just falls apart, you know. Like, Excellent. And it's all about that, okay, well, why did that happen? How can I improve it? You know, should we try it again? Should we make some changes? And it's exactly the same when you're going into uncharted territory, which esports and, and esports clubs can be, you know. One of the things we're working on, though, is we're getting advice from different teachers like yourself, different coaches yes. on some of the things that they've done. And we're going to put it together in a, like a this is a this is some ways that you can run training programs. So, exactly. you know, giving giving like five or six different, you know, ideas around this is a good way to get through a whole bunch of kids. Like, what do you do when you have 60 kids who turn up for tryouts? You know, that can be a freak out. So what do you what do, do you, around what that? What do you do when, you, when you're trying to host an activity mm. and then you just realize that the amount of students that they want to participate in the activity is three times what you planned? Yeah. Like yeah. You, so, you, you had planned that it was going to be, okay, we're going to host an activity for 20 and then 60 show up. Yep. Are you going to close the door on them? Are you going to let them participate in a different way? Yeah, Are yeah. You, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about, about the pl uh, project that we have coming in. Uh, for April, we decided that we wanted to do a Minecraft tournament. So we we thought about like, okay, let's do Minecraft PvP. And then and then the Minecraft club comes to me and they're like, do you want to help us out and make it like an esport activity? I'm like, yeah, why not? I like kids are trying to get a Minecraft tournament. Let's do this. And then you just realize <laughs> that there's so many kids that they want to participate in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. That you can you cannot just have seventy players. So what do you do? And I came up with this, which is a personal, which is a personal idea from my experience. And I decided esports is way much more than only the players. Oh, huge. This is yeah. such a huge industry. Mm. That what about if instead of having people sign up only for game for for the playing what about if we sign kids up for creating an opening ceremony yeah what about if we sign up kids that they would be like okay i want to be in charge of lights what about if we sign up kids that they would say like okay i want to be in charge of the pre-game activities that we can yeah. do outside of the or like the kids who want to interview players or people who want to be charged of the marketing or the event like you know the event management side of things you know right. there's so much so much and it's one of the so things we, create, that... we, we created we created these like these workshops and we have oh. a team of 16 grade sevens and eights that they're coming just to prepare for that for that tournament coming in you've got so good. 12 13 years old making the work of like of something that you would say like okay i need a professional for this mm. and you've got kids just going on the web and designing the posters and creating the advertisement campaigns and just really thinking about esports not only about gaming but as an industry mm. on its own yeah, yeah. and it's I'll, I'll hope that in two months we can have another chat i'm gonna share to everyone how well or how unwell it went <laughs> um there's always the chance that it's going to explode in your face. But at the end of the day, 
kids are going to learn and they're going to have yeah, fun. Yeah. And that's the main idea about esports that kids will learn, have fun, and see this as what it is a positive experience. Oh, Amen. Amen. Could not agree with you more. Now, listen, this is our final question. And, and I'm really, yes. really excited to hear it because. I, you know, just talking to you before we started, I was like, ah, you know, so look, you, <laughs> you know, your background is is obviously in design, you know, that's what you teach the kids. So, you know, what's what's your kind of area, like what what expertise and where do you see the links between esports and design? Like what are the un, untapped kind of resources or the things that people could be doing more with design and esports? You see, design and technology is about the design cycle. It's about mm. design thinking. It's thinking about solutions. It's thinking about, a client is thinking about a society that has an issue and needs a solution and going through that design cycle and really thinking and analyzing and sketching and creating and evaluating. It's about that. And esports in the stage that it is right now needs a lot of design thinking right now. It needs (laughs) for us teachers, it needs for students to really use that design cycle and be like, all right, esports right now is facing this challenge to become more welcome to people that never that never play games and then the students can start thinking like okay what can we do for that that would be in terms of the design thinking we can always see this as how to design solutions for esports and at the same time as we talked in here esports is such a broad industry that it's not only about the players and the tournaments who creates the games that, that we play? Yeah. Who, who, who designs that? Who draws the characters? Who creates the, the sound effects for that? How is it made? How, how is it made? Yeah. So we're thinking really hard on our next year. Uh, we are planning on bringing in a whole unit of game design. So we're awesome. thinking about teaching the students about, mm. all right, what about if you would want to design a game on your own? Can you code that? And we can use all the different platforms, all the different websites, just for students to code their game. Mm. And then after that, what about if we learn a little bit about the beginning of esports? Where did where did all this come from? Arcades. Yeah. Can you put your game and to, to build an arcade? Can you just create that product and then we move into product design? Yeah, and yeah. And then after that, we could see like, all right, how do we get people to like your game? Is it possible that we can advertise it and we move into business design? Yeah, yeah. There's so many things that you can do in terms of design and esports. The ideas are unlimited. It's just infinite. The, the amount of ideas that you can have is just about one thing or not just to let the kids experience at an early age this very big industry man i knew that question was going to be awesome yeah yeah absolutely hey look isaac always a pleasure man thank you so much for taking time today i know you know you're on holidays for chinese new year as well i know you have series and seasons of the vikings to watch too so you know taking time out last to... episode man last episode <laughs> so... of let's see let's see what's going to happen yeah, so look, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. I know this is going to be, uh, you know, an episode that people love. So thank you so much, Rana. We look forward to uh, seeing you and your team uh, competing in the next online comp. Yes, thank you very much, Dan. We'll be there. And then anyone that needs any kind of help, you can always reach uh, for the FuseCop. You can always reach for us. And then we'll always be there for helping you out just to build a community, make this community bigger, uh, make everyone just a stronger 
a stronger society. Thank you so much, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Isaac Pena.